Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Open Discussion with C3 Films. My name is Chris, and this is... Cheryl. And today we're going to be talking about Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Not the old television show, but the movie of the same name that just came out on Disney Plus um, a week or two ago. But uh, we will be going into spoilers for the movie and potentially spoilers for the television show, if that is a thing. But uh, I don't know. Um, this, we'll put it out there just in case we say something on accident. But if you haven't seen at least the movie, go check it out on Disney Plus and then come back and you guys can uh, see what we have to say about it. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into this. So this was another one of those movies that I, I, would, I would not have watched if we weren't doing it for the show. Like, when I saw it, I remember thinking to myself, okay, this is clearly an inferior try at having, of wanting to do who, something like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, like, I, when I look at Space Jam or other things, like, that's the other one I can think of that has, like, tunes and real people occupying the same space. I don't look at that and think, okay, this is, like, Who Framed Roger Rabbit because it's basketball and sports. It's a whole different kind of feel. But this is the same type of feel of there's a crime and we have to solve the crime. And you have like, you know, the tunes living in the real world with actual people. This is a universe where tunes and people are just actors, but everything is real. So when I see that, the only other thing that I can think of that also did a story that was almost exactly like that is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So right away, when I watch this, I'm measuring it in that type of light. But what ended up transpiring was that I was surprised that it didn't do a poor job in my opinion yeah i mean roger rabbit is even in chippendale so <laughs> i thought like okay they are definitely nodding to that because i didn't see uh well i mean bugs bunny is in it but um wait is he in it no so i'm getting it no no i'm getting it confused he's in roger rabbit, but, yeah, yeah yeah never mind sorry i take that back um i think we watched two too similar movie <laughs> <laughs> they're too similar <laughs> they're starting to blend in our minds yeah um but no i i i know for sure there's like a handful of movies that um that have cartoons mixed in with uh live action characters like, like how um, the duck like yeah yeah, I, there's there's definitely a couple. Um, there's there's quite a bit. There there might be like a lot more than we think. Um, mm -hmm. Like, because it's you know it's been like years and years since movies have been made since that technology was even first developed. So yeah. I'm sure there's probably more. But the most um, you know predominant ones are the the most famous ones. Uh, like you had already just mentioned, Space Jam, Space Jam. <laughs> and Chippendale, Who uh, Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, but you're right, I agree. Um, this one is definitely meant to be more of a nod towards Roger Rabbit, and I think part of it is because of uh, the whole mystery-solving thing. Uh, it's definitely different, though, because Who Framed Roger yes. Rabbit is 100% a noir. And mm -hmm. that is part of the charm, I think, for Who Framed Roger Rabbit is because we're getting the noir elements, but we're getting noir elements in a fun way. Um, Chippendale, though, the way I feel about the storyline for Chippendale is that it's pretty simple in the sense of 
like we've seen this storyline so so many times before it's far from unique um and it's just outfitted with like sprinkles of nostalgia that's how i feel about it and that's why i don't really think that it's like the greatest film ever um but it did like i give it credit for having a lot of good funny moments but sometimes i feel like they're only funny because they're nostalgic (laughs) that might be true um i think i liked i i like the feeling i got from it because it felt like almost watching um a goofy movie or an extreme goofy movie like the feelings you get when you watch those movies like that's kind of what was in my that was kind of in my back of my brain and when you meet uh, Monterey Jack and he's still like into cheese and you find out that that's not like a thing that was only for the show but like they, they actually used it like yeah that's partially nostalgia and what you know from the character from before but I mean even when you watch like a goofy movie and stuff like that they kind of play on what you know about these characters from other media so in that vein I I really enjoyed it because I remember these characters. I remember the song and all that other stuff. So yeah, it's kind of like a mix of nostalgia as well as feeling like it is a Rescue Rangers movie that is meant to accompany the show. Like this could have come out in the 90s with probably not as good visual effects, but as an accompanying piece to go along with Rescue Rangers, the cartoon television show, the same way we got like the Power Rangers movie or like, you know, the Goofy movie and stuff like that. So it kind of took me back in that way, which, you know, like I said, is nostalgia a bit, but it felt it felt good with that. But then I liked seeing how this world operated, just like in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, seeing how the world interacted. And this one, I mean, obviously you have to suspend your disbelief because it's just like, okay, so were all these guys just in an existence forever and then eventually just got a job on like a bad CG Beowulf movie and then never worked again? Or is it one of those things of like, oh, do is the very act of creating them in a computer make them come to life in real life? It's like, you don't think about all that. It's just, don't think too hard. They just exist. It is what it is. And the jokes that they had in the movie, um, I thought worked very well. Like, the one that stands out to me the best is, like, the Uncanny Valley joke. Like, I thought that that was kind of cool to play on people who know about animation or have heard about the Uncanny Valley with things that look like weird but they're supposed to be really real like the polar express type stuff i was like okay so the fact that the jokes kind of also delved into like just kind of knowledge about what certain things are um also kind of just stood out to me and then of course just like with uh who framed roger rabbit there's so many cameos there's so many cameos and not all of them are moving like entities some of them are billboards like we saw like Doug Funny from Nickelodeon had like a billboard about him have, being a lawyer or something. And Johnny Bravo has like a workout like uh, regimen or something like that on another billboard. So like if there's anything that's really cool about watching these movies like Space Jam or this or Who Friend Roger Rabbit is the fact that it's the bringing together of all these different characters that belong to, that potentially belong to different companies and seeing them all together, same thing with um, Ready Player One, right? You're like, how do they get all these companies to agree to let their characters appear on the same thing together? And there's fun in that because most of the time these companies just stick to their own owned properties. 
So, and that that's another element that this movie has. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of um, the the more recent version of Space Jam. So here's a little spoiler in there. Um, but you know how like they were really rubbing in the um, all the Warner Brothers things yes. that they have ever done. So I felt a little bit like that. Um, but I I guess like it, they they just had a lot of it at the beginning and a little bit in the middle beginning and then they kind of just laid off of that a little bit um and then it, it became more digestible but it was just a little bit too much for me at the beginning i think it was just like i didn't know where to look because there were so many things yeah there was just like a lot going on um but yeah just like what you were talking about with the uh, polar express eyes and stuff like that i feel like so those are that's kind of what i meant earlier where you kind of have to know what Mm -hmm. these things are to like appreciate it so when you strip it down to the bare minimum it's kind of a whatever movie because like you you just kind of have to know who all these characters are Uh, but i imagine you know the target audience is us um and our kids if we have them um but i i I do think like it it's really it really is more for us because we're gonna be the only ones that really get it i think right like ugly sonic and um like what was the other thing uh i can't think of anything else right at the top of my head But, but um yeah like like my parents would never get it because they would be like i don't know what like why is this movie funny um right yeah go ahead (laughs) no yeah like the the polar express um is obviously something that came out while we were growing up um i think i can't remember when that movie came out but i want to say we were teenagers when the movie came out we were Uh, old enough to not watch it (laughs) yeah we were old enough to not watch it but still old enough to be aware of its existence because because we we know the book that's right. because the book was for us, but the animation was for those after us. Right. And the same thing with like Beowulf and all these other types of things. Like and we were Starfire. there. Yeah. Yeah. We were there to like see that they were happening and like with Ugly Sonic. And we all were nerds. So we know the story behind Ugly Sonic. Even people who aren't into film or animation know they saw they, they saw the Sonic trailer and was like, what the heck? And then they know what happens behind the scenes. They know it changed. So like, but a, a, a kid that's like four years old might not, uh, might not realize that Ugly Sonic was even a thing. They might not even have seen that old trailer. They just go and they just saw the original Sonic or Sonic 2 and then that's all they know. And so that Ugly Sonic joke is lost on them. But yeah, you're right. It has to deal with our knowledge of um, these properties and the history behind them, and that's what makes it funny. When you see Pumbaa talking to that uh, the axe guy, I forget his name, and then all these other animated characters come in, and they're, the, the joke is, these are all voiced by Seth Rogen. So if you don't know who Seth Rogen is, like most average people probably would not know by, him, by his voice, they yeah. might know him when they see him, then that joke is lost on you, right? Yeah. So, yeah, there's absolutely um, credence to that, what you were saying. And, you know, we're going to talk about uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit uh, more in detail later. But I think one of the things that I noticed with Who Framed Roger Rabbit is that while there are a fair amount of characters that you do know, like Warner Brothers Properties or characters like Betty Boop, uh, the main characters 
are not characters that you've seen before. They're characters that were made up for the movie. And the villain is a character that's been made up for the movie. So the movie, I think, is probably a little stronger or has more of an ability to stand on its own because so many of the characters that you spend most of your time following don't require a knowledge um, about their history. And then either another character that you see in the background, like maybe, you know, we don't know them because they're before our time, but maybe our parents would recognize them. I don't know. Uh, but the point is that even without that, we'd still be able to, we can still enjoy it. So I'd be curious to ask like a younger viewer if they were still able to have like a huge appreciation for this movie, despite most of the things not necessarily being their generation. Yeah, and I, I definitely feel like that is where this movie falls short a little bit. Um, and I like I can definitely tell that it this movie's probably not funny at all unless you are... Because it's all targeted at nostalgia. All the jokes are targeted at nostalgia. I can't think of like a funny part that wasn't from like you having to know. Even the whole thing of like, like E.T. versus Batman and... He's like, he's like, I forgive Bat, and Batman's like, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that wouldn't be funny unless you knew who both characters were. Right. So if you're, like, a little kid watching it, you'd be like, I don't get this movie. Or the babies, the furious babies joke. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, yes. I, I just imagine... Like, being a small child wouldn't really get this movie, and it wouldn't really feel like a kid's movie. I don't think it really is a kid's movie. It just looks like one because it's animated, but I, do, I think it's for adults. So I think that, I think that the jokes and the nostalgia are for the, are, are for the adults, but I don't think, like, the content is necessarily for adults. Like... Who Framed Roger Rabbit feels more adult than this. That's definitely um, adult. <laughs> yeah, so I wouldn't put it on the same, like, wavelength as that as far as, like, the tone and who it's for. But I, so I still think it's, I still think it's intended to have, to be a movie that kids can watch and enjoy. But I think that the, and the content and the nature of what's happening and even some way, in some ways the acting that you see, it's meant to be kind of kiddish. But I think that the, the 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 in jokes are meant to be for the adults absolutely yeah i mean we can argue a lot about it but i i just don't think kids would enjoy it that's all because i don't think that they do anything for the kids maybe like the hitting each other on the head part like the actual cartoon related Mm -hmm. part yeah that part i could see like the kids liking that but i can't i can't imagine them being able to like market the sales of Chippendale merchandise off of this movie. <laughs> Probably so, not. Yeah. But anyways, um, moving on to other stuff. <laughs> I did I did like the uh, the 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 jokes that were for us. Um, so I actually found this movie to be pretty funny and I really liked it for for the nostalgia jokes. Um I like found myself laughing quite a bit. Um, I started off watching with my boyfriend, um, 
but he just kind of was like over it and like left. Like he just wanted to watch it for the um, ugly Sonic part. Ugly Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I kept watching it, obviously, because we were doing it for the show, and, like, he could hear me laughing from the other room. So he was like, it sounded like you really liked that movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the jokes, like, the, the jokes work. As far as the actual, like, uh, content of, like, the, the story and, like, the things that happen, um, like you were saying earlier, it's very, it's very simple. You have uh, characters that are going missing. Although I did think that the whole idea of bootlegging was was pretty creative. I did like that. Um, they they found a way to. It's like okay, it's not like death, right? And Who Framed Roger Rabbit, it's like these tunes can die. The guy yeah. that's doing this is trying to kill them. But this one, it's like they're not dead. It's trafficking. They're just <laughs> altered. <laughs> it's trafficking. Right? Yeah. So, I, so I I like that element of it. I thought that that was pretty creative, and that's something that I absolutely did uh did enjoy but one of the things that i that, just, that popped in my head earlier when you were talking about how the movie is just kind of like as far as is like the simple uh, the simple story or whatnot i was thinking that the movie knows that itself which is why they do the whole thing with the police officer where they're saying oh well the police captain being corrupt is cliche so you know it, it shouldn't be the police officer but then they're like yeah but because it's cliche you thought that we wouldn't do it that's why we did it anyway. And you're just like, okay. So you guys are still cliche though. It's self-aware. It's definitely self-aware because they also mentioned the whole thing about the theme song and how they would like have like a, a different version of it, even though everyone wants just, just wants to hear the original. Uh, and I actually really liked that. I thought that was funny, but I thought that they would have the original after the mm-hmm. um the new version but they didn't so nope. i was a little disappointed with that part. yeah i rolled my eyes as soon as they started saying it, i was like oh dang they're about to do it they're about to do exactly the thing that they're saying that they that they don't want to do uh so lame um other little elements that i thought were interesting was how uh uh gadget and zipper got together and i was like that's i wasn't expecting that and then how zipper is this uh <laughs> is this elegant voice Deep from voice. the Allstate guy slash the president <laughs> from 24. Like, wow, that, that's funny. So those the, those elements also were, like, cool to me. What did you think about Peter Pan being the villain? I think, I, I think that was spoiled for me. I think somewhere down the line I saw a trailer, so I wasn't shocked to see mm-hmm. um, to see him, but I thought it was... I, f- I feel indifferent about the choice. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they picked Peter Pan to be right. the mobster guy or like the like the the trafficker or whatever. Um, I think probably because he was the one character that they could think of that would be like super down on his luck. They were like probably trying to think of characters that they could say as a cartoon they would become like evil and like the boy who's not supposed to grow up who actually does grow up is like i guess an obvious choice in their minds maybe yeah i don't know i thought it was funny though uh when like he bumps into one of the lost boys (laughs) death's coming for us all i I like how the lost boy though is still a boy (laughs) (laughs) so i was like how come peter pan got old then um 
I, don't 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 think too hard about this world. I know. <laughs> the I the logic of it does not yeah. make sense. Yeah, because I also had a problem with the way that the bootlegging worked. Because I was like, well, first they're saying like they erased like Flounder's mouth and then redrew them, and then like it turned into like instead of just slightly altering the characters, it became like, well, you get like Snoopy's ears and like different body parts from different characters and stuff like that and that's what the machine does so like that part didn't make sense to me but at the same time i was like that's not the point of the movie (laughs) they're just uh that's not really supposed to matter so i let it go but i did question it for a little bit and then i was like never mind i mean yeah i Go, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was gonna say I also questioned it a lot. Um, I also I questioned the the rate at which cartoons grow up, and how old certain cartoon characters are. Like, why why does it feel like some start off as kids and then become actual adults, while others like seem to always be adults and never and don't become old people? So I was just I I but then I was like, you know what? I mean, the movie's not asking you to think... It doesn't want you to think that hard about it. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of... It. I think it's one of those... You know what they always say? If if the audience um, is, like, looking at your, your, in, your, I guess, like, things that are wrong about it, mm-hmm. it means it's not a good movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, I forget how it's phrased. I'm definitely not phrasing it right. <laughs> but you know what exactly. I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, I definitely felt like that. But I also felt like it's not, we're not supposed to care that much. Like, it's not that type of movie. So I think like that's, that's the other thing is, like you said, it's self-aware. It knows what kind of movie it is and what kind of movie it wants to be. I felt like it, like, you know, like I mentioned, there was a little bit of a miss for me in the sense that um, it can't really, I don't see it standing on its own in the same way that um, Roger Rabbit does, or even Space Jam, I think, the original one, um, because it relies on so much on the nostalgia. Right. What you Um, know about the time of of the jokes that it's referencing. Yeah. What I want to know, though, is why Paul Rudd was in Retro Alley (laughs) for (laughs) Ant-Man. I was like, that wasn't that long ago. It's not retro, so I don't get why he's there. But I think it's funny that they put him there, like he belonged there, because like they're implying that he's washed up. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought that was funny. (laughs) That is funny. It was funny. Yeah, it was funny just to see him in there and then hear him talking about aunt man and yeah. <laughs> was, okay, this the, this movie is ridiculous um some of the other voice cast or another voice cast uh that i liked was jk simmons because jk simmons is awesome in anything uh so hearing him as the the two two-bit gumby uh police police chief was great and i like the i actually liked how they did his fight sequence with the with the detective that was under him um that was I thought that that was pretty cool, and that they had some fun with filming that fight. And I was also happy to see her in the role that uh, she was in as like more of a leading figure, even though it's not about her. But she's the most prominent human 
in the, she's basically the only human we really get to see and talk to throughout the entirety of the movie. So I did I, I did like I did like her in the role. I will say there were points where her acting made it feel or maybe it was the dialogue she was given. And that's probably why I was disagreeing a little bit on like it feeling like a kid's movie, because her dialogue feels like a kid's movie. It 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 does not feel like genuine or in many ways ways like this is what people would actually say but that's probably more about like the script than it is about um the actress herself but it was something that did uh stand out to me yeah no i mean i i definitely think that kids can watch this movie i just think that it's not for them it's just it's for millennials like you said and um it's just PG enough for the millennials to bring their kids. That's all. And for them to like be able to watch it and appeal to yeah. them in like some way. So, um, like, cause it definitely looks like it's for them. It just isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I, I, I do, I do think that they did a pretty cool job with like mixing the animation with the real life. Um, characters are like inanimate real life objects that the animating animated characters hold and interact with i thought was kind of cool um they definitely did a lot of it at the beginning like hey guys look what we could do it's so cool it's so up to date and modern and um i like the idea of dale getting like work done like botox but it's instead of um botox it's cg to like make him 3d as opposed to 2d so i thought that was interesting um but i i also do think they they maybe mixed and matched a little too much um because it kind of drew me out of the movie a little bit because i was paying so much attention to how much they were mixing the two things together. Yeah, I mean, well, essentially, isn't that, it's kind of similar to what Space Jam 2 did, right? Like, they were asking themselves, how can we up the ante from what we did in the original Space Jam? Oh, well, let's have three-dimensional characters mixed with real people mixed with two-dimensional characters. And so this did that kind of, went for a similar approach. Uh, but where Space Jam was kind of like, it's going to be three-dimensional characters with live-action characters predominantly because when they make that switch, they're on the basketball court and everybody is three-dimensional and that's playing and there isn't like a two-dimensional player and the thing the two-dimensional characters would be like in the background or whatever. This one was like, we're going to put them side by side. We're going to have three-dimensional characters and two-dimensional characters and real people all in the same scene together and, and even we'll throw in a stop-motion character and we'll see and we'll just see how it goes. So they wanted like I can appreciate the desire to like challenge themselves, but I do I definitely agree with you where there were points where it did feel odd. And I don't know if that's just because it'll always feel odd. There's no way you can do it without it feeling odd. But um yeah, I noticed what you what you noticed too. Yeah, I mean I I I give them A for effort. I think they did an incredible job with the effects i just think that it was a little like distracting um because it almost felt like they were interacting with things 
without enough intention. Because the parts where, like, they were interacting with things, um, it, like, it didn't draw me out because they were, they were actually using those things like the Barbie hair in the sewer and they were grabbing onto that. Like, that made sense to me, like, why they were interacting with it because they were using it as, like, a, a means of trying to, like, escape. So that stuff, like, yeah. Like, go ahead, go for it. But then there's these other little things where, like, they're just picking something up to eat or drink or, like... You know, although I thought the earbuds in um, Chip's head, the air, the AirPods, I thought that was funny. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was also funny that when he took them out, you just heard heavy metal playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was like, all right, Chip is into heavy metal. I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, otherwise, I I just feel like instead of focusing like they just put a lot of focus in certain things that i feel like they didn't need to focus on like just do more with the story do more with the characters you know do more things to appeal story-wise and less with the effects because we get it it's cool you're doing it already like we don't need to see that much right so, I mean, I guess one of the last big things about the movie is the, it's kind of built on a backbone of the relationship between Chip and Dale. And how did that relationship feel for you, how it was handled in the movie? I think it's pretty true to the original characters, mm-hmm. um, but in a more updated way, because um, they like in this movie, they are characters who, they are people, or, you know, chipmunks, I guess, who play characters that are sorry a certain way and um but it still kind of falls in line with it because chip is like the one who is supposedly smart and like always like gets mad at dale for doing things and stuff like that it's like the same thing and but in the in the cartoon dale is a stupid one he does mention it in the movie um but he's also just like i like what they gave him like the whole persona of like always just like having this one motivation of making it in Hollywood again and I think that was a good replacement for just being dumb um but then Chip still had his persona of like being the one who just thinks very highly of himself and like kind of arrogant um but Mm -hmm. he was always the one that was like like yelling at Dale for being dumb and that like still stayed true in 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 the film for that character but just like in a different way like with a different motivation from um the original cartoons yeah i like the fact that dale actively acknowledged that he did not want to always be the dumb one yeah so i thought that that was pretty cool i i liked what they ended up doing with their relationship and i wasn't sure i was going to feel about them not having their voices from the actual uh show but when you find out that the voices in the show were the voices that they came up with to do the show, I thought to myself, okay, that's actually realistic. Like, I could I could see that. Like, you've seen other, you know, people who are voice actors specifically that change their voices specifically for characters. So I could see them being like, hey, chipmunks are cute and they talk like this when they're cute, so let's talk like this. And it makes sense when you put it next to Monterey Jack and Gadget who talk like normal people, right? So even though they're mice and not chipmunks, but point is that... Still, I li- I liked it as a decision, um, and so therefore, like them not having the original voices throughout the movie ended up being like, okay, 
didn't bother me after that. But initially, that was one one thing I wasn't sure how I was going to react to. Yeah. It was kind of like Detective Pikachu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess that's another one. You have a lot of... Not, you don't have 2D, but you have a lot of three-dimensional things that look 3D interacting with real people. Yeah. But is there anything else you want to say before we uh, get out of here? We're running on time. Uh, no. I mean, the only other thing I wanted to add was I just thought the whole Main Street bit was really funny. And how, like, when they asked for, like, the special cheese... The, the Muppet, like, kind of became, like, a like a dark, like, angry person. He's like, you cops. <laughs> right. <laughs> and his accent changes. I thought that was friggin' hilarious. I think that has to be, like, my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> it's pretty good. Muppets scare me. They always have. I don't, I don't, I don't mess with Muppets. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, if you guys want to hear us talk about this a little bit more, you can check us out on our channel, twitch.tv slash c3films. We usually talk a little bit more in depth after we do these uh, segments for YouTube. So it would be great to see you guys over there. And you guys give us a follow over there. But also, here, if you... You know, if you guys could, if you give us a like, share, and subscribe, it'd really help us out. We really do appreciate it. But what did you guys think about uh, the movie? Did you guys see it? Did you enjoy it? Did you think that it also was feeding off of your nostalgia? Do you think you would have enjoyed it as much if you didn't um, see the old stuff? Whatever you thought, comment below and let us know. And like I said, if you're like, while you're down there, if you guys like, share, and subscribe, even if you don't, though, I have been Chris, and this has been Cheryl, and we'll see you all next time. <laughs>